Talk Radio. Some have accused DHS of not enforcing our nation's laws. This could not be further from the truth. The majority of all migrants encountered at the southwest border throughout this administration have been removed, returned, or expelled. A majority of them. But what about the ones who evade Border Patrol? These are known as the gotaways. The border crisis in Eagle Pass and Piedras Negras has worsened in recent weeks because the arrival of thousands of migrants has forced the closure of an international bridge to vehicles. We are doing everything we can within a broken system to incentivize non-citizens to use lawful pathways, to impose consequences on those who do not, and to reduce irregular migration. Mexican soldiers supervise migration route as illegals rush U.S. border. One of the huge caravans that crossed to Eagle Pass in the last days of December. The migrants showed us the GPS they obtained when leaving a shelter to find a distant location on the Rio Grande. With respect to your question about the December surge, that was certainly an extraordinarily high number of encounters. It coincides with a time when uh, Mexican enforcement was no longer implemented. Our own military, I mean, you see it all over the internet. Oh, we're going to put the military on the border. I'm going to explain it again. We've been there, we've shot the video, it's all over the news. The U.S. military is down there facilitating and running the open border and cutting down barbed wire that the Texas Guard put up and the state police put up. Does the Biden White House have any intention to tackle this crisis in any meaningful way in the lead up to the 2024 election? No, on the contrary, they are suing Ken Paxton, Greg Abbott in the state of Texas for Texas's attempts to put some buoys in the Rio Grande trying to secure Texas's territorial sovereignty against the Mexican drug cartels and, frankly, Hezbollah and some radical Islamic groups that control large swaths, operationally speaking, of the U.S.-Mexico border. So they're actually, not only are they not trying to mitigate the damage, they're actually throwing fuel right into the fire trying to make it worse. So let's just get that straight. Oh, there's liberal groups down there running things. Yeah, you think so? NGOs, non-governmental organizations. A group from Venezuela showed up on the doorstep here at the Red Cross recently. No one knew they were coming, and they claimed they were given the address here by agents with the Border Patrol. Immigrant aid agencies were contacted and helped them find a place to live. We talked to these asylum seekers who just got off the train. Everyone had heard that the United States is giving them a direct pass to cross the border. What happens now, if you're talking about all these different people that have penetrated, all these different uh, intelligence operatives, sleeper cells that have penetrated our southern border, what are the kind of extortion points, the pressure points that are used from within? This morning, we found out from none other than the New York Post that 1,900 migrants from Floyd Benefield are being transferred to James Madison High School tonight at 5 p.m. for an overnight stay due to inclement weather conditions. We warned about this. Floyd Benefield is susceptible to flooding, storms, winds, etc. It's not an acceptable place to house people, but neither are our public schools. Our schools are not migrant or homeless shelters. They're places of learning for our children paid for by our taxpayer dollars. 
our children, our school community, our families should not have to bear the brunt of a migrant crisis. Is there nothing they won't cover up? Is there any depth? Is there any low level that they won't stoop to as they go along with all of this? Uh, Joe Biden has done a remarkable job as president of the United States. Many of us in the Democratic Party want to make sure that we aren't helping fund traffickers, that we aren't uh, creating a humanitarian disaster. I'm saying, you know, I, I need more people in my district, but just for redistricting purposes. We have the effects of climate change, poverty, increasing level of authoritarianism, the very many challenges that are at the root cause of the displacement of people around the world. I mean, I mean, is there any crime a Democrat leader, a senator, a House member, a president, an agency head, is there any crime that you won't go along with? It's Wednesday, January 10th, in the year of 2024. And you're listening to The American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser, your host this morning, filling in for the great Harrison Smith. Harrison is going to be on the war room this afternoon until Owen gets back in studio next week on Monday. He's just taking a week off to spend some time with family. So much going on, as always. First story that caught my attention this morning was Biden slams Trump for saying that he hopes the economy crashes in 2024. White House took aim at Trump for saying he hoped the economy would crash this year rather than during his theoretical second term. And of course, they would attack him for this as saying he wants the economy to crash. But frankly, everybody on the right, including Trump, knows that the crash of the economy is inevitable. Frankly, it's already here. It's just not manifest in the numbers yet. And if it's going to happen, it would be better for everyone that it happens sooner rather than later, because the later it happens, the worse it is. And if it happens under the Trump administration, then, of course, Democrats are going to use that to erroneously claim that Trump is responsible for all of the economic ails of the United States of America. We know the economy is going to crash. We already feel it. And we know that when we look at what the Biden administration says, basically about anything, but especially about the economy. It's like that book, that famous book called Lying with Statistics. I'm not sure if you've ever read it. It is certainly a famous book. And it goes through all these examples of how statisticians can manipulate statistics to lie about data. One example in the book is you might have a neighborhood that's got an average property value of, let's just say, $500,000. Now, if Michael Jordan moves into that neighborhood and decides to develop a $5 million property or a $50 million property. That's going to bring the average value of every home in the neighborhood up if you average it. But then that average number is going to be inflated because you have one whale in the neighborhood. And so it doesn't actually mean that the average is the average in the colloquial sense of the term. It's not the mean. It's not what most houses in the neighborhood are actually worth. It's just a distorted average because one whale comes in. That's one way that property appraisers, one way that real estates, realtors can lie about the value of properties in neighborhoods. If there's a whale in the neighborhood, then the average value in the neighborhood is higher than the mean. And so it gives you a distorted feeling or sentiment about the quality of the homes in the neighborhood, the quality of the property in the neighborhood. 
That's just one example in that book, famous book. Highly recommend it for anybody interested in learning about how the mass media can lie to you about statistics. And then we see examples from the Biden administration directly where they come out and they say that unemployment, yeah, how to lie with statistics, that's right. Unemployment is at record lows. And it's true, the unemployment rate is at a record low. But you have to understand that unemployment doesn't count people who have given up looking for jobs or left the workforce. And we know that 1.5 million people in the United States of America have left the workforce. They are of working age, not retirement age. They've left the workforce for one reason or the other, primarily because they've given up looking for work or their skills are too good for the available positions. And they talk about the mass numbers of jobs created. You see this all the time on Joe Biden's Twitter run by Corinne Jean-Pierre. Oh, how many millions of jobs have been created? I remember a time in America where you could work one good job and pay all of your bills instead of three crappy jobs to pay some of your bills. So yeah, there might be more jobs in America if you count driving an Uber while you supplement your income at your day job that you got because of your MBA. People are struggling. We know that bankruptcies are up. And they say that there's massive numbers of new small businesses being created. Yeah, because everybody's small business went out of business because of the terrible practices and policies. Before Biden was elected in the last year of President Trump's term under the pandemic and well into Biden's presidency. These policies manifest in people going out of business. What do small business owners do when they go out of business? They try to start another business doesn't necessarily mean that entrepreneurship is flourishing or prospering in our country because there's been a record number of new small business applications. And they'll fail to tell you how many of those businesses are projected to fail. Because I know that generally speaking, over 90% of small businesses created fail in the first five years for one reason or another. Just because you love to bake doesn't mean that you would be good at owning or running a bakery. It's another great business book called E-Myth Revisited. It talks about that. People often start businesses because of the passion that they have, and then they realize that running a business is a completely different job than the thing that they're passionate about. And so we see the Biden administration coming out, criticizing Trump as if he claimed, as if Trump said that he wishes the economy will crash soon, that he wants the economy to crash, as if he wants people to suffer, which is not the case at all. He knows that the suffering is coming. He just wants to make sure that it's not on his watch. The Biden administration used Trump's remarks to tout Bidenomics victories and to draw a contrast with the economy under Trump. Well, it's not really fair to compare both administrations, given that the last year was the onset of a global pandemic, fake or real. The response was as if it was real. And so you can talk about record jobs lost. You can talk about record businesses going out of business under the Trump administration all day long. But the fact of the matter is it was due to extraneous circumstances, to rare circumstances, to unforeseen circumstances. It didn't really have much to do with Trump at all as it did to, have, as it did to the, the Fauci's of the world and the Obama's of the world who outsourced gain-of-function research to, to China and to the CCP who pays the Bidens far more than it ever paid the Trumps. And it pays the Bidens illegally, but it pays the Trumps legally when it stays in their properties. They're always criticizing Trump for taking money from the CCP. What about the money we gave the CCP to make a virus that spread all over the world and shut down our entire economy and is the result is, has now resulted in people suffering 
like never before, like not since 1929, 1930, 1931, 32, 33 here in the United States. And it's only going to get worse, folks, with this hyperinflation. Consumers in early polling say that they have yet to feel the relief and they have blamed Biden. So Biden's touting these victories, but the people when polled are like, what are you talking about? What victories? And I pose the question to the leftists in America, to the Biden administration, to the Biden regime and its acolytes, its disciples, because really it is a regime met with a cult. What gains can you truly claim for the American people that they felt that they agree with? Because when I get a gift for Christmas or on a holiday, I actually can see that I have the gift. I can see who gave me the gift, and I acknowledge that I got the gift, and I say thank you. But why is it that you're constantly claiming how great things are, but nobody realizes what you've actually done in this country? Why is that? It's because all the gains that you claim are a manipulation of statistics, They're lying with statistics. They're a distortion of the truth. And no one feels what you're saying because what you're saying isn't true. When you have an administration that lies about its successes, of course, an honest people when polled are not going to be able to acknowledge any of those successes. Now, the economy expanded for several years under Trump, of course, his first three years, but experienced a significant crash while he was still in office. Yeah, because of the pandemic. U.S. President Joe Biden delivers remarks on the U.S. economy and his administration's effort to revive American manufacturing during his visit in Flex Limited in West Columbia, South Carolina, July 6, 2023. He's been talking his entire administration for months about how great this economy is doing, but no one can feel it because it's just simply not true, folks. More news on the other side. In the meantime, make sure you go to Infowars.com. Be the reason we are still on the air and check out our game-changing New Year's specials from Infowars, which are here. Get up to 60% off plus free shipping and double Patriot points for this mega super sale. The new year is upon us. It's time to reevaluate your approach to your supplement routine with these Infowars essentials. Our powerhouse formulas are up to 60% off, and the savings don't stop there. We're giving you free shipping storewide and double Patriot points on all purchases. Shop now to get massive savings on all these incredible products, including 40% off Winter Sun Plus, which is highly recommended this time of year, 25% off TurboForce Plus, my personal favorite, 25% off Survival Shield X2, 40% off Vaso B Complete, 40% off Bodies, 40% off DNA Force Plus, 40% off Ultra 12, which is delicious and effective. off Real Red Pill Plus, 50% off Down and Out Sleep Support, and 60% off Brain Force Plus and Brain Force Ultra, which is also incredibly effective in minutes, I've noticed. Plus even more, take advantage of the huge sale today and get the InfoWars Life New Year specials to save up to 60% off. You can start your year with a bang today at InfoWarsStore.com. Stick with us, folks. More news on the other side. Why do you think the globalists are desperately trying to censor everybody? Why are they attacking myself and Donald Trump and Elon Musk and everybody else? Because they can't get through this giant megalomaniacal power grab if we're here exposing them. But we're not just exposing their operation. In my new book, we give you the solutions to build a new, better world, an alternative to Klaus Schwab's You Will Eat the Bugs. This is The Great Awakening. The plan to defeat the globalist and launch the second great renaissance. It's a companion to my last book that was a number one worldwide bestseller. And this book is even thicker and even more powerful. Get your copy of The Great Awakening. 
today at InfoWarsStore.com. Either signed as a fundraiser, and I thank you for the support, or unsigned. But whatever you do, take action now. We're fighting for you, but we can't keep on if you don't support us. So please, get the historic book now. Go now to InfoWarsStore.com and get The Great Awakening. The Great Awakening at InfoWarsStore. If you ever take one piece of my advice, it's get a bottle of X2. It's been sold out for over a year because we wouldn't cut corners and because it's so hard to produce. We finally have a limited run back in supply at InfoWarsStore.com. So many people have serious issues. Look at the UN's own numbers. Billions have cognitive disabilities because they do not have true nascent iodine in their bodies. Most other iodine is bound to other heavy metals or bound to other elements so you don't download it. But this is pure atomic certified iodine. X2 is now back in stock, discounted. So I'm giving Thanksgiving right now for this product being here. It funds the info war, but I guarantee you, you take this for a few weeks, you will feel the difference. It is amazing. It's the missing link X2 back in stock at the end of 2023 at InfoWarsStore.com. X2. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Sounds like a combination of Bela Fleck and the Fleck Tones and the intro music for Roseanne. <laughs> Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser, your host this morning. Who's been doing a great job? So much news on the desk. Speaking of pedophiles or edophiles, we were debating the definition during the break. What the differences are. Under fire, Bill Clinton escaped the furor over the latest revelations and newly released court documents related to pedophile Jeffrey Epstein with a great getaway trip to a luxury resort in Mexico. The interesting thing is, I believe he is being joined by Gavin Newsom. Yep. Bill and Hillary Clinton have been spotted on vacation in Mexico with the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, and his wife, Jennifer. Why would you ever go on vacation with Bill Clinton? At all, first of all. But second of all, immediately after, there's more documents released about how he's sleeping with underage girls on Epstein's Island and Epstein's mansion and what have you. Maybe Gavin's not running for president after all because this is a great way to lose. The other funny thing is while 12,000 people storm across the border from Mexico into the United States, the only three Americans who go the other way from the United States to Mexico happen to be the Clintons. And Gavin Newsom and his wife, Jennifer. They're staying at the Four Seasons Resort in Tamarindo, set in a 3,000-acre private nature reserve in the western state of Jalisco. Clintons were in the Dominican Republic with the former presidents of Mexico and Chile before Christmas and also visited San Miguel before that. So why is it that the Clintons are going on these high-profile vacations with former existing world leaders, future presidents, things like that. Why is that? Why is it that this is happening right in the context of the Clinton Foundation being opened up again? It seems to me that the Clintons are still very much operational 
just like the Death Star. That thing's operational. (laughs) Maybe they're just trying to stay out of the country. Although I doubt any charges would ever be brought against them for their crimes. But Bill and Hillary Clinton have been spotted soaking up the sun at a remote Mexican retreat in the company of California's Governor Gavin Newsom and his wife, Jennifer, former president, 77. Wow, he's still younger than Biden. He was president in the 90s. People forget this all the time, but Joe Biden's too old to be a baby boomer. He's actually a member of the silent generation. Of course, it was called the silent generation because nobody from that generation really ran for office. And I wish it would have stayed that way. After all, it's one of the dumbest generations, apparently. Exclusive Donald Trump recounts how Ted Kennedy once told him Joe Biden was the dumbest senator. You can go back and find clips from late 80s, 90s of Joe Biden lying about virtually everything then. Remember when he wanted to shut down Social Security? Remember when he claimed that he graduated in the top half of his law class when it was, in fact, the case that he was at the bottom of his class? He was like, if not the worst among the very worst in his class in terms of law school. And you can tell by the remarks that he's made over the years. You can tell by the things he said. You can tell by the things he says now that he's not the brightest star in the sky. Former President Donald Trump told Breitbart News exclusively that years ago when he was a U.S. Senator, now President Joe Biden was regarded by then-Senator Ted Kennedy and his colleagues as the dumbest person in the U.S. Senate. He's a very vicious guy, according to Trump, surrounded by vicious people, but also noted that Biden is not smart at all, and it's true. He is abundantly stupid. It's crazy. Sometimes you get flashes of him, too. You get glances of him, and and he looks just like Hunter Biden. And Just like in this shot right here, he looks just like Hunter Biden. Maybe that head injury is the reason that he's so dumb. Hasn't he had... I haven't heard much about this. Didn't he have some sort of brain surgery years ago where they actually removed the top of his head from his head? I think he's talked about it and they had to work on his brain and then put his head back on. They did give him uh, surgery, but I believe he got, uh, I saw the procedure. Super crazy. It's like Darth Vader when they take off his helmet in the big chamber. uh, No, I don't think they actually uh, opened his skull up, but Uh. uh, they used a uh, a device uh, that basically like, it's like a webbing, like a net that sucks your head to a table so you can't move. And then they use a laser that uh, penetrates like a certain depth in your in your skull. And then that's what they used for. Uh, oh, yeah. Got a got a second brain. Aneurysm. I didn't know about the second bra- Yeah, I didn't know about the second brain aneurysm. Yeah. Ooh. This is 1988, too. So he was actually fairly young having these aneurysms. Yeah. Yeah, no, I saw, I saw one of the procedures that he had, though. They used the laser. They, they showed the procedure that he had. Mm-hmm. And, it, yeah, it's, it's pretty gnarly. Wow. I wonder what was causing these aneurysms. Obviously, it could be a genetic thing, but do you think he was just doing a bunch of blow in the 80s and it started causing problems for him upstairs? I wouldn't put it past him. I mean, obviously, that's just speculation. But given the nature of, of his kids and the way that they... They act. I wouldn't be surprised if he was he was a party animal back then. But how is it that we've elected somebody who's basically ancient? We've elected somebody who's had multiple brain surgeries for aneurysms. You got to keep in mind, yeah, aneurysms cause serious problems. Obviously, look at our president. We elected to put somebody in office, and elected is I'm using that term loosely. I understand that the election was rigged in, in large, stolen in many ways, but. 
many Americans voted for a man who's had multiple aneurysms, clearly in a state of dementia, clearly incapable to actually run the country or hold office, just out of just animosity for Donald Trump. I mean, there was no real reason to vote against Donald Trump except believing the lies that the leftists told you about him or believing the narrative of the mainstream media. Really, if you voted against Donald Trump, it's likely, I bet you 8 out of 10 times, 9 out of 10 times that somebody voted against Donald Trump, it's because they believe something about him that isn't true. But you're telling me the election wasn't rigged when lies are the reason that people voted against him. And I understand that he wasn't perfect in his last term. There are several things he's done that I disagree with, and I could talk to you about that all day. I could mention things as the libertarian-minded person that I am that bothered me that he did when he outlawed just sort of unilaterally flavored jewel pods for vape pens when adults should be able to buy that stuff if they want. I mean, I could nitpick little stuff that he did that I disagreed with. I could nitpick the way that he handled the pandemic and how he should have known better. But hindsight's twenty twenty. I realize that. I'm humble enough to understand that. But the fact of the matter is people are voting for this guy who's had multiple brain surgeries. He's like Darth Vader. He's more machine than man now. We know he's hopped up on amphetamines. Tucker Carlson said it himself and said that he knew for a fact. And I don't believe Tucker Carlson's lying. Of course, it's hearsay. Wouldn't hold up in court. Tucker told me that someone told him. I understand this hearsay, but I still believe it to be true. They have him drugged up like Hitler. You know, when Hitler was the Fuhrer, they had to pull over. They had to not pull over. You can't pull over a train. They had to stop the train in order to give him his amphetamine shots. He was on, I think, somewhere between 40 and 80 different medications a day, several of them injected. That's the way that Joe Biden operates these days. He is like Hitler in the last couple of years, just hopped up on all sorts of drugs incapacitated, incapable of leading, and it's run by committee and the whole country's falling apart. But it's going to be okay because we're going to win this year. We are going to win this year. We have to. No other choice. And whenever America has ever been faced with no other choice than to win, folks, more on the other side. Naturally sourced from the finest hemp plants in America, Rebel Zen offers the absolute finest quality CBD available and at the lowest prices. Extracted using a cold-pressed technique to retain the molecular integrity of the cannabinoids and terpenes within the plant, this full-spectrum formula ensures that your nervous system gets the full benefits of CBD. Premium quality organic CBD, like Rebel Zen, has been shown to naturally reduce anxiety, relieve pain, and decrease inflammation. People have reported a reduction in symptoms of insomnia, arthritis, seizures, chronic pain, and epilepsy. Several studies have shown it helps to reduce cortisol, increase serotonin, and boost vitality. Order yours today at InfoWarsStore.com. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch live right now at band.video. Welcome back to The American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser, your host this morning, filling in for the great Harrison Smith. Don't worry, he will be hosting The War Room this afternoon and the remainder of the week. We'll be back Monday, taking a break this week. 
to be with family. New York high school shut down to shelter illegals, students to resume classes virtually. First thing that came to mind when I heard this was the pandemic and how far behind students fell because of the virtual classrooms. We know they get muted, shut out, they don't pay attention, they're looking at other things, teachers can't monitor the classroom. We know that these virtual classrooms are trash for students. They don't work, they're ineffective, the students learn less, they suffer, but it's okay that our children suffer here in America because that school is being used to shelter illegal migrants. Isn't that just wonderful? Let's see clip number seven here with more details. Yeah, looks like these migrants are getting off of school buses, of all things. Heading into the school. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So let's run clip number three here. It's got some some more details about some of the specifics of our entire generation of children just being sold out for whatever political gain, whether it's pandemic gains, whether it's illegal migrant gains. Let's see this clip. Because of the storm, the city's decided to evacuate the migrant shelter at Floyd Bennett Field. They've been temporarily relocated to James Madison High School in Sheepshead Bay. That's where Fox 5 Jessica Formoso joins us live right now. Uh, Jess, have you been able to talk to anyone impacted by this? Good evening, Natasha and Steve. Yes, I have. I spoke to a few migrants that have arrived here. Now, we arrived just before 4 p.m., and we saw some families standing outside the high school. Of course, it was already raining at the time. Then they were allowed inside, and they tell us that they came on their own. Uh, they were notified that they had to leave uh, Floyd Bennett Field just a few hours ago. Now, take a look at this video. This is from over there from the fields. This is when we saw the migrants leaving um, Floyd Bennett Field. The reason they have to evacuate is because of the storm. A spokesperson for City Hall telling Fox 5 that due to an updated forecast, including the high winds Ironically, tonight, their mascot is an illegal is migrant. They're calling a proactive measure being taken out of an abundance of caution to ensure the safety and well-being of individuals working and living at the center. Now, we are talking about almost 2,000 migrants who will have to evacuate the field. According to the migrants here at James Madison High School, buses will start transporting folks from the field to the high school starting at around to 5 p.m. Some decided to come on their own, though, because they say it's going to be chaos, the amount of people that need to get on a bus in order to get here. The migrants were supposed to arrive at the high school after school programs concluded for the day, but that has not been the case. We saw migrants and their families going into the building way before children were dismissed. One parent telling us off camera that their child's practice was canceled because of this. That said, this location is what the city is calling a rest but shelter just for tonight. However, the people we spoke to tell us that this was last minute. They do understand why they're coming here, but they say it's a bit of a mess and, of course, even a messier situation because of the rain and the storm. It's uncomfortable for us. The kids are in school. We have to pull them out to come here. This weather gets the kids sick. Let's see how it goes. I just want to find a job so we can be stable. We found out about all this about an hour and a half ago. Now, according to the city, the migrants will only be staying here tonight. The DOE says they will be out of the high school um, before school starts tomorrow. However, the DOE says that at the request of the principal, the high school will go remote on Wednesday. As many of you have heard, uh, the city hall just put out a statement 
that this evening we will be evacuating for the night uh, the families with children that are out at Floyd Bennett Field. We are doing this out of an abundance of caution because of the high winds. Mm-hmm. Because of the high winds. No one ever cancels school because it's windy outside to the school. They didn't want to talk to us on camera. Off camera, they tell us that they are angry, very upset. They were never notified about what was happening here. They tell us they called the school, and that's when they confirmed that, yes, indeed, migrants were going to be coming here to the high school. They're just upset because they say, how can it be that they're telling you, telling us, the news media, that no migrants would be going into the building until the school, uh, the children were dismissed, but we did see some of the families who arrived here on their own already go inside. And I also want to tell you guys and point out that right now, uh, a lot of police here, there is a lot of police here, a lot of also private security here, and we start, uh, we're starting to see barricades um, going up. So we do expect parents to show up around 6 o'clock. I was told that they will be rallying as the migrants are coming off the buses. That's the latest we have here from Brooklyn tonight. I'm Jessica Formoso, Fox 5 News. Natasha and Steve, back you know, to it's interesting. I took my family back to my hometown for the 4th of July. So my wife, my kids, my brother-in-law, his wife, and some family friends from California. I wanted to show some California relatives what a small town America looked like. And to give you a sense, I went to school in a town called Downs, Illinois, right outside of Bloomington, Illinois. I graduated in a class of 80 students. And I went to school with the same kids from kindergarten all the way through the 12th grade. It was Tri-Valley Elementary School, then it was Tri-Valley Middle School, and it was Tri-Valley High School. And Downs, Illinois, I think it has a population of like 2,300 people or less or something like that. It's astronomically low. It's technically a village. It's got one police officer, obviously a mayor, and the mayor would go door to door in the town collecting donations for the fireworks show for 4th of July. I mean, this it's old school, small town. It's like the movie Born on the 4th of July. And I wanted them to see what the 4th of July looked like there because of the fireworks show and because the parade in Downs is hilarious. It's a fire truck, one cop, a bunch of septic tanks, septic trucks, and the entire town loves it. They get out, they put their lawn chairs in their front yard because basically everybody lives on the main street because it's such a small town and there's food trucks that come out and snow cones and it's just wholesome. It's really old school American wholesome in the middle of nowhere in Illinois. And I was walking with my family right past my elementary school and I said, Hey, let's go inside. I want to show you my kindergarten classroom because they went to these bougie private schools in California. They'd never seen anything like this. They loved it. They had a great time. And when we went to the door to go in, we were met with some member of the staff that said, you guys can't just come into this school. And I thought, man, how many years have I gone back to Downs for the 4th of July? I haven't lived there since I was 18. And just walked through the halls of my old school just to you know see if they changed anything. It's nostalgic to walk through your old school. And now they're not letting anybody. I thought, you know what? That makes sense. There's shootings that happen in schools. Out of an abundance of caution, they're just not going to let anybody into the school. That makes sense. Then I see this news report that they're letting these migrants into the school and kicking the kids out. It's like they're letting the strangers in and kicking the kids out. And then they're saying that they're doing a virtual day or they're doing virtual school because of an abundance of caution out of the, as a result of the high winds. 
What? When I was a kid, they would slap chains on the tires when it snowed in Illinois. And we would go to school. I remember walking to school through the snow after a mild blizzard or a severe snowstorm. The fact of the matter is, I think what they're doing is they're going through the school after these migrants leave to make sure that there aren't any drugs or weapons left behind. They are combing the school before they let the kids back in, and they don't want to say that publicly because it'll seem insensitive or xenophobic or anti-migrant or racist. But it has nothing to do with an abundance of caution for the high winds. Are you kidding me? And so... This is yet another example of not just us as Americans as taxpayers being sold out for the sake of non-citizens, but our children, again, being sold out for the sake of these migrants. And I feel bad for migrants to come here. They're struggling. They're trying to help their own families. But a lot of them are criminals, and the whole entire activity is criminal. The whole entire scheme is a criminal scheme, folks. Make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com. More news on the other side. 29 years on air, all I've wanted to do was warn the people about the globalist. And I've done the best job I can to tell the truth and been accurate, and we are on record as the most accurate there are. And I've tried to sell products to fund ourselves. Unlike other communist revolutionaries that rob banks and kidnap people, we don't do that. We try to bring you products that really work. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm scared of this product. It's so powerful. This is the breakdown product after your cells process it of folic acid, methyl folate with high quality organic B complex. This stuff is rocket fuel. It's not a stimulant. It energizes your cells and then everything else you take just supercharges it. It's so insane. It's foundational energy. The strongest formula out there at InfoWarsStore.com. It doesn't just energize this operation against the tyrants. It energizes you. Get foundational energy now. Our world is so full of hype. We are force-fed, dehumanizing propaganda by the corporate media, by the controlled churches and the universities. And why is this the case? Because we innately, by God, have been given the keys to our own minds, our own psyches, our own souls. And by connecting to God, we can empower ourselves and transcend the, quote, fallen or sinful state. So the chemicals that we ingest and, and all the things that we try to bring into our bodies to, to, to change who we are are only lowering us. They're only making us more depressed. In the end, they're only making us less fulfilled. It is only by going within and really making that connection to God that we can truly empower ourselves. That's why the globalists bombard us with toxins and chemicals to block us getting the normal vitamins and minerals and trace elements. Our bodies need to be healthy and to be able to basically reach out beyond the third dimension. And that's where the incredible products come in at InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser, your host this morning. Speaking of South America, Central America, migrants, things of that nature, cartels, crimes. Ecuador erupts in civil war with cartel thugs. President orders the army onto streets as crazed criminals rampage through cities with TV stations seized. 
University attacked and jail guards executed following the escape of a mob boss. Let's check out clip number one here and then talk about it. So our men stormed Ecuador TV during a broadcast. Terrifying stuff. You can see on screen that staff is freaking out. You've got these armed men just getting them all sort of down. Over a dozen. They're making some sort of announcement. Men armed with pistols and what looked like sticks of dynamite entered the set of TC Television Network in Guayaquil City during a news program. The group made people lie on the floor as they shouted that they had bombs. It was aired live to thousands of homes across the nation, although the station's signal was cut after about 15 minutes. Sounds like there were some shots fired. I don't know if anybody was shot. No one was killed in the attack, apparently. Shots must have just been for intimidation. Authorities later said that all 13 mass intruders had been arrested and they would be charged with terrorism. Terrorismo. Terrorismo. <laughs> Ecuador has recently been rocked by a series of attacks that led to President Daniel Noboa's declaration of a national state of emergency. So there you have it. It's like that movie Airheads. It's just like the movie Airheads, only it's not about the band. It's about the the gang. You know, it's crazy. I went on a vacation back in college. I took a cruise, a Royal Caribbean cruise. And for part of the cruise, you could do an excursion into Mexico to see some ancient Mayan temples. And so... You get off the boat and you get onto a bus and you'd stay on the bus for about an hour and a half or two hours. They'd take you to a remote Mayan, I guess, city. It's fairly small, but the buildings were huge, especially for the time that they were created. It was a cool experience, but I remember I had a window seat on the bus. And every half a mile or so, in the median of the highway in Mexico was just a cop with a shotgun standing guarding the highway, I guess. And, you know, you'd wave, they'd wave back. But it was just a mile. And then guard with a shotgun. And then you wait, you know, maybe a minute. Another one. Wait a minute. Another one. And I realized then the difference between the United States of America and basically everywhere else. I don't know how much longer it's going to be true. But we don't live in a civilization here where you have to have armed police guarding the highway with shotguns every mile. I don't know how many dozens of them I saw by the time we got to the destination. But there is a civil war going on in many of these countries. And they're sending these migrants over here, many of them military-aged men. I saw a tweet the other day. It blew my mind, and I'll try not to butcher it. It was I can't even remember who said it. I'm going to paraphrase. But when immigrants come to a country, they bring their families. When men go to war, they leave their families behind and they go alone. And when I see the footage of thousands of military-aged men between 24 and 40, between 18 and 40, Storming across the border by themselves, I don't see migrants, I see soldiers. It begs the question, if there are so many of you, if there are so many thousands of you, and you're single men, 
invading our country, why is it that you can't stand up and just overthrow your existing government? Why is it that you can't stand up to the cartels or to the governments that have taxed the hell out of you or ruined your currencies or destroyed your people? Why is it that you can't just take your own country back? Why do you have to take mine? Because I'm inclined to think that once these migrants take over in this country, it's not that they're going to assimilate to American values. It's not that they're going to become American, but they're going to bring the problems, the misunderstandings, the stupidity, the foolishness, the policies with them that ruin their countries. It's just like everybody freaking out about Californians moving to Texas. Everybody in Texas is like, please don't come here. Don't screw this up. Don't ruin this. I came here to get away from Gavin Newsom. I brought none of California with me in terms of policy or sentiment or culture. I left that all behind. I came to Texas to become a Texan. But everybody here is freaked out about Californians coming over. If they're freaked out about that, we should be very scared about people from South America or Central America coming into our country. Because if they're bringing any of that with them, then we're looking at a future of police every mile on the highway with shotguns monitoring traffic as it goes by. Just because anything could happen. And we know that the cartel is a terrorist organization. Sometimes I'm even scared a little bit to talk about it. I live close enough to the border. You can drive to my house from the border in a day. But there's footage of them doing crazy things. You think the footage between Israel and Hamas is bad. There's footage of members of the cartel kicking around severed heads like soccer balls. They make the kids do stuff like that when they join so that they are desensitized to the, the violence. And the things that they do just to any of their opponents, any of their enemies. We saw Americans that were stopped and killed. What was it? Like an Amish, not an Amish retreat, a Mormon retreat or something. It was evangelists stopped and killed. And that's just the beginning. And what's really a shame of it is not only is our federal government funding these migrants coming here to the United States, but in a large way, we fund the cartels. And a lot of our drug policies, and I'll blame Reagan for this. I'm a generally a fairly a fairly big fan of Reagan. I have problems with him, but his just say no campaigns, his drug policies really empowered the cartel to have a monopoly. Anyone, anyone with the audacity to commit a tremendous amount of violence can be quite successful in the drug business because the drugs are illegal in this country. And when critics of libertarianism come out and say, Oh, so you would legalize heroin. Oh, so you would legalize cocaine. There's so many different ways to counteract that argument. The first one being 100,000 people a year die of fentanyl overdoses in this country. So obviously the fact that it's illegal hasn't had any impact whatsoever. In fact, the fact that it's illegal has created a tremendous amount of profit for the cartels, for these illegal organizations that sell the drugs because they don't have any competition. No legitimate competition is coming out. Then you can talk all day about how bad marijuana is for people, how bad these drugs are for people, and you're right. But wouldn't you rather have a population consume regulated, controlled substances than drugs that are made with illegal pesticides? Drugs that are laced with substances that are absolutely more lethal than if they were properly measured the dosages and sold in a bottle by a pharmacist over the counter to a people? And study after study has shown that with addiction... None of the policies or approaches that we're taking work. 
There's a great TED talk about addiction. They did studies on this with mice. If you put a mouse in a cage, it always chooses the cocaine water over the regular water. You have it by itself in a cage. But if you put it in basically mouse paradise with cool tunnels everywhere, other mice to hang out with, awesome mazes, cheese, everything it needs, it doesn't even choose the cocaine water. It just chooses the regular water. So the point is from these studies, the reason people are addicted to these substances is because they're disconnected from other people, from society, from community. There's something wrong in their life that makes them addicted. And we like to say that it's genetic, that it's a disease. And maybe there's some truth to that. But the fact of the matter is there's something systemically, societally wrong that causes this addiction and has nothing to do with access to drugs. Making it illegal doesn't keep addicts away from it. Making it legal doesn't make more addicts. You have to have connectedness. You have to have one culture, one society, one civilization. Ironically, Hunter Biden, one of the most famous, notorious addicts of all time, the son of the vice president, now son of the president, maybe one of the isolated, most isolated individuals in the history of political figures. He knew basically everyone, every corrupt oligarch, every regime, every corrupt politician, lobbyist, did international business, tremendous network, no best friend. We'll get into more news on the other side. In the meantime, visit Infowars.com and InfowarsStore.com to be the reason that we are still on the air. And take advantage of the New Year's special, which is still going on, I believe, for the rest of the week now. Game-changing New Year's specials from InfoWars are here. Get up to 60% off, plus free shipping and double Patriot points at InfoWarsStore.com right now. Finally, after close to a year, in early November, where I'm cutting this ad, we finally got one of our flagship products back in stock, Ultra 12, the highest quality vitamin B12 organic. You take it out of the tongue so you get better absorption of the body through your blood vessels. And what it does to every system in your body is simply incredible. It's the natural, clean energy, focus, immune system, everything. And it's 40% off exclusively at InfoWarsStore.com. This has been rated as the best B12 in the country. It's available from a top lab that we private label it through at InfoWarsStore.com. Ultra 12, vitamin B12, taken sublingually, now back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com. Or you can call toll-free and order it as well, 888-253-3139. And Ultra 12 funds the InfoWar as well. Listening to the American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to the American Journal. I'm Chase Geyser filling in for the great Harrison Smith. Harrison Smith will be hosting the War Room this afternoon while Owen is taking some much needed time with family this week. He'll be back in studio on Monday, though, so don't worry. Let's talk a little bit about this Aaron Rodgers story. I know this feud is tired. I know that you've seen it, but we got to touch this a little bit. Aaron Rodgers responds to Jimmy Kimmel feud, drops massive red pills to ESPN audience, future Hall of Fame 
NFL quarterback Aaron Rodgers responded to his ongoing beef with MSM comedian Jimmy Kimmel during Tuesday's edition of the Pat McAfee show. Let's run clip 14 first. We'll talk a little bit about it, and then we'll let you see this response with clip 15. Yes. A guy who went to community college, then got into Cal on a football scholarship and didn't graduate, someone who never spent a minute studying the human body, is an expert in the field of immunology. He just put on a, he put on a magic helmet, and that G made him a genius. It's, Aaron got two A's on his report card. They were both in the word Aaron, okay? Unbelievable. So first of all, it's an ad hominem attack. Or it's actually it's an appeal of authority is the, is the fallacy committed there. So first thing is, Kimmel just implies the guy's stupid because he didn't graduate from college, which in and of itself is a stupid thing to say because there are a lot of brilliant people that didn't graduate from college, Okay. Second of all, he says he has no authority to talk about immunology, which what authority does Jimmy Kimmel have? I mean, he's a stand-up comedian, presumably a smart guy. I'm not saying he's a stupid guy, but does he have any more authority to talk about immunology than Aaron Rodgers? I mean, I would presume that a Hall of Fame or a future Hall of Fame quarterback might actually know something more about anatomy and the body and health and supplements and nutrients and the immune system than a stand-up comedian. Second of all, I don't even think Jimmy Kimmel writes his own bits. I mean, we know that these late-night TV hosts have their writers that frantically write their jokes, they memorize them, or they put them on teleprompters, they say the jokes as the personality, and that's it. It's as simple as that. So he's up there reading other people's words, criticizing Aaron Rodgers for not having the authority to talk on these issues when he himself doesn't have the authority to talk on the issues, and it's not even really him talking, it's his staff. Through the script that they wrote. Let's see what Rogers had to say in clip 15. Uh, you know, mentioned uh, ivermectin being horse-based and pushed that whole narrative for a long time. He gave a platform to one of the biggest uh, spreaders of misinformation during the COVID times, Dr. Fauci. Um, so in my opinion, Jeez. you know, he ripped me about, ripped me about the vax and and that turns out to be an L on, on many occasions because the vax was not safe and effective like we were told that it was in the beginning. Uh, there are a lot of injuries now that we've seen related to the vaccine. So in my opinion, you went after me. That's fine. You're a comedian. Go for it. Not offended. But that, that was an L. Yeah, it's just it's just the whole thing is just so ridiculous at this point. If we've learned anything about politics in America in the last 10 years, can we just at least settle on the fact that nobody has any idea what they're talking about ever? <laughs> I think we've just, we should have finally arrived at this place. And I know that there were some allegations that Roger said that Kimmel was going to be on the list. I think it was in jest. And I know that Kimmel implied that he was going to sue. He was obviously very livid about it on Twitter when he criticized Roger's back. But the fact of the matter is the American people have arrived at a sentiment where they don't trust the mainstream media, they don't trust the politicians, and they don't trust Hollywood. And Jimmy Kimmel has done a very good job of coming off as another guy for sale. And the corporate media appears to have bought him. That's okay. That's fine. That's his living. But to come out and say that he's got some more authority because he's got a desk behind him and a well-lit stage and people pay to hear him talk as if he's some sort of expert when he's not even saying his own words he's reading a script and smirking i liked him better when he was fat honestly if we're going to talk about anybody who should be fat jimmy kimmel was funnier when he was on the man show drinking beers 
joking about hilarious stuff and being just a real authentic man when he was actually himself. But he sold out. He's not being himself. He looks like a fool. At least Aaron Rodgers has the balls to be himself. More news on the other side, folks. You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to The American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser, your host this morning, filling in for the great Harrison Smith. He will be on the war room this afternoon until Owen gets back in studio on Monday. You may have heard about the farmers who are protesting in Germany. Farmers, citizens shout at German food and ag minister during protests. Apparently, there's been an increase in taxes proposed and passed in Germany related to carbon emissions in the name of the climate they want to starve the world. It seems like dissatisfied citizens and farmers shouted at Green Party member and eco-politician Kem Ozdemir, the German minister of food and agriculture, during a protest on Tuesday night. Let's go ahead and run this clip and then talk about it. And while they're shouting at him here in this footage, I don't know if you've seen the, the images, but thousands upon thousands of tractors, combines blocking the roads, all lit up, protesting this. And I think that the, the German leadership conceded somewhat in saying that they weren't going to increase taxes on carbon emissions all at once. They were going to do it over a period of years now. But I don't think the farmers are satisfied. Obviously, they're still upset. And... You want to talk about neo-Nazism on the rise. You want to talk about anti-Semitism on the rise. Not that this has anything to do with the Jewish people. But if we look at history, the German people seem to put up with a raw deal for about 15, 16 years before they snap. And what happened at the end of World War I was the Treaty of Versailles was a raw deal. They had to pay all sorts of reparations for a World War I that they... It was very questionable whether or not they actually started it, even though they had to sort of take the blame for it and then pay reparations. A war that maybe they could have won if they stayed in it. I don't know the details, but I don't think any German land was ever actually occupied during that war when they surrendered. And if you look at footage, and you're only going to find this in dark places on the internet, I'm not anti-Semitic at all. I believe that the Holocaust happened. I believe it was terrible, and I think the Nazi party was evil. I just want to be explicit about that. But if you look at footage that's hard to find of Germany between World War I and World War II. You're going to find it in documentaries that are about Jewish conspiracies and things like that. You're going to find it in documentaries like The Greatest Story Never Told. It's a fascinating documentary. I think it gets a lot of things wrong, especially in the second half. But you're going to find footage of French soldiers occupying German territories because of failures to pay reparations in accordance with the Treaty of Versailles. And you're going to see Germans standing on the side of the road, civilians, holding up their bicycles, you know, wearing a hat, and you're going to see French soldiers falling out of line from the march just to walk over to that German, slap the hat off his head. Stuff like that. People don't realize the abuses that occurred between World War I and World War II. Frankly, they weren't even different wars. It was the same war with just an intermission, in my opinion. And unfortunately, when things get tough 
When people really suffer and struggle and they experience humiliation like that, it creates a power vacuum for someone or some party or some political movement to come in and point a finger. Now, we know the Nazis came in. They pointed the finger at the Jews. Probably wasn't the Jews' fault. And if it was the fault of people that happened to be Jewish, it had nothing to do with their Jewishness, in my opinion. It was just a racist movement, evil. But the suffering that leads up to that radicalism is very real, and it is someone's fault, and there is something wrong in a system that creates that level of hate and vitriol. And you can apply pressure to any people. It's not just the Germans. But you can apply pressure to any people, and they will sustain that pressure, that pain, that suffering for an extended period of time, but eventually they will snap. And different cultures are different. Germans, the English, the Americans are different. The Asian communities are different. The more collectivist a society is, the more inclined, in my opinion, it is to take on the pain of a government. So you look at what the Chinese have sustained for extended periods of time. I mean, there's still a cult around the personality of Mao, despite the fact that as many as 100 million people died during the Great Leap Forward between 1958 and 1962. Estimates as low as 30 million, as high as 100 million. Probably somewhere between 50 and 100. Why is it that anybody would worship that man after everyone in the country is related to someone who starved to death because of him? North Korea, similar thing. Why is it that they worship the only fat guy in the entire country while all of them are forced to eat crickets? Literally forced to eat crickets if you listen to some of the survivors who have left. And it's the collectivist mentality. It's the collectivist culture that... This belief you have to take on this pain and suffering for the greater good. You worship the state. So every cross that you bear for the state is actually almost a religious act that is just an example of your astounding prevailing character. But in England and Germany and in the United States, we are not collectivist-minded people. Psychologically, we aren't. We are definitely steering toward the left. We definitely have leftist proponents. But as human beings, we think of ourselves as individuals. We don't think of ourselves as part of a greater whole. And that's one of our strengths and one of our weaknesses at the same time. And the point I'm trying to make here is when you apply this pressure like the government is applying to its farmers in Germany, you're going to have a response similar to the response that happened between 1918 and 1933 and throughout the 30s in Germany. Somebody's going to get blamed for the suffering, and it's not going to be pretty what the response is. And what's even more disgusting about this pressure is that a lot of this pressure going on these farmers, going on the working class people of Germany or the working class people of England or the working class people of the United States of America is because of these globalist institutions that we have joined, that we have agreed to participate in, things like the European Union or NATO or the UN that impose these climate initiatives on our people on behalf of a globalist agenda. And so we're even more bitter when the pressure comes on us because it's about our politicians selling us out to globalist interests. And if you read the writings of Hitler, again, evil man, not someone that I espouse, but it's stupid not to study him because how else are we supposed to know whether or not this is coming again? And I'm telling you, it is coming again. Everybody wants to read Mein Kampf. The real writings that you have to read by Hitler are the speeches, not Mein Kampf. And the reason you have to read the speeches and not Mein Kampf is because the speeches worked. 
They were full of lies. They were many times evil. They were many times wrong. But the speeches are what made him famous. So the speeches are what resonated with the people of Germany. The speeches say much more about what was going on in Germany among the German people than the book Mein Kampf, which is just Hitler just sort of having a narcissistic moment in prison and the publishing it. He was already famous in large. So you have to read the speeches. And when you read the speeches, you realize that what happened to the German people is a tremendous amount of economic suffering when the rest of the world was doing fairly well during the 20s. A tremendous amount of economic suffering at the hands of globalists, other countries, because of sanctions imposed by other countries, because of treaties imposed by other countries. And they erroneously and in an evil way just blamed it on the Jews. They called it internationalism or Jewish internationalism. Today we call it globalism. It has nothing to do with Semitism or anti-Semitism. You can be a globalist without being a Jewish person. Just watch C-SPAN, okay? Watch any UN meeting. Watch the WF. You can be a globalist. It had nothing to do with the Jewishness, but the Jewishness was an easy scapegoat. It was an easy target to point the finger at for propaganda purposes in order to get the power propelled. So the point that I'm trying to make is when you have international communities apply pressure on one people, one culture that strongly identifies with its people and its culture, you will create a radical political response. And if you think that there isn't still this sentiment abiding in the hearts of Germans today, think again, because many Germans do not like internationalism. They do not like globalism. Many of them secretly harbor anti-Semitic thoughts. They secretly think of these globalist institutions as Jewish institutions, whether it's the IMF or the WEF or any of these major institutions, and they don't like seeing their country suffer and starve and struggle. Their farmers suffer and starve and struggle because of climate initiatives from entities that don't even exist within the country. And we're going to see this manifest in England. We're going to see this manifest in France. We're going to see this manifest in the United States. The more our people suffer because we're sold out to international interests, the more conspiratorial we're going to become, the more radical we're going to become. And I just pray that we don't point the finger at the wrong group or the wrong people. I pray that when this pressure radicalizes our people and we take power back, we have the character and the poise to respond justly and not like these radicals did during World War II. More on the other side, folks. Frustrating things about being awake to the globalist agenda is seeing the general public still asleep, by and large, not aware of the magnitude of the incredible danger they're under, but also the ongoing attacks and the magnitude of the death caused by the lethal injections masquerading as vaccines. It is so frustrating to see people going about their daily lives oblivious, and you realize ignorance is not bliss, it equals death. But people are starting to really understand how serious things are. And that's that's a hard thing to do because to wake up to a dystopic reality and realize that we're in the middle of a giant biological weapons war against humanity and that there's mass sterilization that's already taking place and they're cutting off all the major energy sources is really hard to deal with, but it's the reality. Facing it is our only chance to turn this around because stuff's about to get really, really nasty. Infowars.com. I'm a humble person, and I want to say that I'm just a man, but I'm not just a man. Just like you, no matter what color you are, whether you're a man or a woman, you were made by the creator of the universe who had a plan for you, who has a destiny for you. That's why the system hates you. 
and fears you. And that's why they hate me. It's because the spirit I carry is one of justice and truth and courage and honor and will and love. My friends, the enemy's coming after me, not because I'm a loser, but because I'm a winner. They're coming after you, not because you're a bad person, because you're a good person, because you love God and God loves you. And so I signed up for this. I signed up for this fight. And I'm not a victim. I'm an overcomer. But I can't fight this fight without you. And that's why I want you to always remember that I appreciate you and I thank you because InfoWars is your fight. InfoWars is your baby. It's the thing you built. We did this together. So God bless you all. Let's keep fighting. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. I'm Chase Geyser, your host this morning. Apparently, illegal aliens tried buying guns 48,000 times in 25 years. There's no way it's not more than that. We had a great caller calling yesterday. Works at a gun store. I'm not sure if he owned it or he just worked there. So these seen illegal immigrants try to buy guns. All you have to do is have a Texas ID in order to buy a gun in Texas, apparently. And it's not that hard to get one if you're an illegal migrant. You walk in, say you're a citizen, show the ID, buy a gun, leave. Kudos to him for catching it and preventing it from happening. Over the past 25 years, illegal aliens have attempted to purchase firearms at gun shops just under 48,000 times, apparently, only to be denied, according to a group that monitors border security policy. The Federation for American Immigration Reform, FAIR, reported on January 2nd that the FBI has nearly 14 million records of firearms applications that failed a national background check due to unique prohibiting events. Of those, 47,930 denials were issued to illegal aliens, according to the National Instant Criminal Background Check System, between November of 1998 and November of 2023. But if they want to get a gun, they can get a gun. I mean, they have guns in Mexico. I, I, I could be wrong about this, but I watched a very interesting interview on Joe Rogan's podcast years ago, and I can't remember the name of the guest that he had. Uh, forgive me. You'll have to look it up, but it was a guy that specializes in border security, and he goes over there and he deals with the cartels and stuff. I think it was right after the um, incident I mentioned in a, a segment or two ago about the Mormons who'd been captured. And he said, I believe, if my memory serves, he said that there was only one gun store in Mexico where you could legally purchase a firearm as a private citizen. I could be wrong about that. The entire nation and that everybody just goes there to get their guns, apparently. But you have a cartel that's totally armed. You obviously, obviously have a military that's totally armed. There's guns all over Mexico. It's almost impossible to just go and get one if you're a regular law-abiding citizen. You have to have some sort of criminal audacity or government tie to do it. Yet the cartel is armed to the teeth there. We saw the footage of them storming the TV channels in Ecuador. There's guns all over South and Central America. No problem. And they're going to come over here and they're going to buy guns or they're going to already have the guns when they come over. There's no doubt in my mind about it. And frankly, it's not even the fact that they're armed that offends me. I don't really care whether or not criminals or innocent people have guns. In my opinion, everybody should just have one, carry it everywhere. You should be allowed to have one on the airplane. You should be allowed to have one in the movie theater. You should be allowed to take one to school. I think everybody should have a gun always like a Wild West movie. You walk into the saloon, you take a shot of tequila, you got a sidearm. I love it. I'm all about everybody being able to kill anyone at any time. Not that they should, but I think you should have the power. 
to defend yourself at any time. It's all right. Second Amendment, 100%. What offends me about this is the fact that they're even here. It's the fact that we are importing criminals into this country, and I know that probably the majority of them are good people that just want to send money home to their mom or their grandma or their kids. I get it. I'm not bashing these people for what they're doing. I am bashing our government for failing to protect our border. You know, it's funny. I talk about the Titanic. It's been coming up a lot lately. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because I feel like we're about ready to hit the iceberg as a nation. But the boats rode away from the Titanic. The, the lifeboats rode away because they were afraid. Back then, common understanding of physics was much less than today. They thought that when the Titanic went under, it was going to create some sort of suction that would have toppled the lifeboats. So they rode away. And when all of the people went into the water and they were screaming at the top of their lungs for the few minutes that they had left to live before it was just massive silence across the board, many of the lifeboats refused to go back because they were afraid that if they rowed back in and tried to pick up more people, that the boats would be swamped or swarmed with all the people in the water and everybody would die. That was the thinking. So they didn't go back. And they might have been right. But I'm telling you what our government is doing right now is these other nations are sinking ships and we're sending the lifeboats in to the mob and we're just letting anybody topple over the lifeboat at the expense of anybody who's already on the boat. We're letting anybody do whatever they want to our country, come into our country, put our people at risk, people who are already saved by this freedom The only thing that America could ever do for the rest of the world was set an example. And I think in large, it worked. We showed the world over the last 300 years a way forward that allows for prosperity and class mobility for all. In this nation, during its capitalist reign, which has ceased to exist, we saw the greatest transition from poverty to middle class, from middle class to upper class ever. We annihilated a systemic problem that existed in every civilization for millennia. The problem of whatever class you're born in is whatever class you'll be in until you die. So if you're born rich, you're rich forever. If you're born middle class, you're middle class forever. If you're born poor, you're poor forever. And back then, there was no really middle class. There was just a few at the top. Everybody was poor. And that was just the way it was. It was a class system. But in America, for the first time, we found a way to break what people had just sort of taken for granted as an inevitable part of the human condition. And we created an economic system and a political system that allowed for freedom and justice, that actually outlawed slavery on its own, that outlawed racism on its own. It fixed a lot of its own moral problems and its own political problems and its own economic problems because the way the system was, it actually honed itself to a better place for a long period of time before it got so corrupt, really before the centralized banking came in. And the fact that these other nations didn't see the example of what we had done, didn't see the experiment that we had conducted, this great American experiment, and make changes to mirror that, to match that, implies to me that if we're bringing these people into our country, we're not actually giving them a better life. We are 
bringing their problems to America. And we're eroding what it means to be American and we're risking the very soul of America itself, culturally, politically, economically, spiritually. Because if they weren't able to learn from what we did as an example and implement it in their own countries with their own will, with their own patriotism to their own country, how should we ever expect them to have any sort of patriotism or love for America? I mean, think about it. They're abandoning their own countries. How can we ever expect them to be loyal to ours? They weren't born here. If they're going to abandon their own family, how can we expect them to be loyal to this American family? We can't. And I'm not talking about legal immigrants. I understand that many legal immigrants that come to the United States, that came to the United States, my ancestors, they didn't leave out of a lack of sense of patriotism patriotism for their own countries. They left because their own countries betrayed them, whether it was for religious purposes, whether it was for political purposes, or whether it was because there was just, frankly, more opportunity here. They came. I get it. That's fine. Nothing wrong with that. But if you're going to come over here illegally and break our laws, and you're going to do so illegally and break your own country's laws, then you're not going to fight for your own country as a single military-aged man, when there's so many of you and there's so few of them, how can I ever expect you to fight for my country, my values? How can I trust you at all? You're a traitor. You've committed adultery on your own country. So you're going to come have your insurrection here in my country? Have your insurrection at home, folks. More news on the other side. Twenty-nine years on air. All I've wanted to do was warn the people about the globalist. And I've done the best job I can to tell the truth and been accurate, and we are on record as the most accurate there are. And I've tried to sell products to fund ourselves. Unlike other communist revolutionaries that rob banks and kidnap people, we don't do that. We try to bring you products that really work. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm scared of this product. It's so powerful. This is the breakdown product after your cells process it of folic acid, methylfolate with high quality organic B complex. This stuff is rocket fuel. It's not a stimulant. It energizes your cells and then everything else you take just supercharges it. It's so insane. It's foundational energy. The strongest formula out there at InfoWarsStore.com. It doesn't just energize this operation against the tyrants. It energizes you. Get foundational energy now. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch live right now at band.video. Welcome back to The American Journal, walking along the avenue of freedom. Sold military secrets to Chicoms gets less jail time than many J6 defendants. Just goes to show who we really work for, who the DOJ really works for, who the Biden regime really works for. The U.S. Justice Department announced Monday that a Navy officer was sentenced to just over two years in jail for using his security clearance to provide American military data to a Chinese spy in exchange for money. They don't care about real treason at all. They just want to trump up charges, no pun intended, for fake treason and put people in jail for decades. 
Ray Epps, who literally told people to storm the Capitol on January 6th, avoids jail altogether, frankly, sentenced to one year probation, fine, and community service. The story about the U.S. Navy service member says he was sentenced today. It's on the 9th. 27 months in prison in order to pay a $5,500 fine for transmitting sensitive U.S. military information to an intelligence officer from the People's Republic of China in exchange for bribery payments. 26-year-old Wenhang Zhao, Monterey Park, California, Chinese-born, naturalized U.S. citizen, is the man named in the government press release. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Why would you have a Chinese-born naturalized u.s citizen as a navy officer with access to classified information it sounds like what he did wasn't actually treason it sounds like he was being loyal to his own country his real country china and what seems like treason to me is the fact that he was allowed in the military and given access to classified information to begin with that our military let him in and risks risk the national security interests of the united states we're doing the same thing at the border with the 12,000 people a day that come over. We're doing the same thing in our military with the CHICOMs that we put in. We're doing the same thing, frankly, with all of our foreign exchange policies as well. When we bring in these Chinese nationals, we have them at the highest levels of our universities studying physics, studying science, studying all these technologies at the MITs and the Harvards and what, what have you. And they give all that information back to the CHICOMs. And it starts as a small thing. It's just a little information here. What's on this exam? What's on this exam? And then it becomes a bigger and bigger thing. But these people are planted here. They're sent here for the express purpose of stealing our information. I don't understand why it is that we have foreign exchange students at all. I mean, after all, if you're the top nation in terms of science and technology, why would you exchange information at all? You would want to keep that secret, right? I mean, the Manhattan Project was a really tight-lipped project. We didn't want to even bring in the Soviets on that. And they were our allies during the war because we knew that it was a security risk to even bring in our allies. Every once in a while, I play video games. And recently, I've been playing an old game, Civilization V. Civilization VI has come out. It's a famous game too, but V, in my opinion, is better. And the way the game works... Is you start out with just one settlement and it's in, you know, sort of prehistoric primitive times and you try to advance your civilization while all the other nations advance their civilizations and you try to defend your territories, expand your territories and you can invest in things like resources, or money or research and you can do diplomacy in the game. I'm sounding like a real, I know I sound like a real dork talking about this, <laughs> but it, it's kind of, I'm going to arrive at a point. <laughs> and in the game, you can research all the way up through the Manhattan Project to have a nuclear bomb. And once you get a nuclear bomb, it's pretty much game over if you get it first and no one else has it. And there's all sorts of things you do in order to get that. But the thing is, there's research agreements in the game, and you don't really want to do a research agreement with a nation that is further behind than you in research. Because then they're going to benefit disproportionately from the research agreement. They're going to catch up to your technology and you're going to wind up in a situation where they have a nuke and you have a nuke and it just it's this nuclear pro- proliferation. That's the game right there on the screen. It's an amazing game. There's the nuke going off too. <laughs> so the point I'm trying to make here is if you are leading the world in this game in research, you don't do research agreements with anyone else because the only thing that could happen is they could catch up to you. So why is it that we do these foreign exchange programs where we bring people in from countries that we're 
competitive with that may actually be our enemies all the time. And then we are surprised. We act surprised. We have these hearings, these, these trials, these court rulings when we find out that they've been spying on us. Yeah, you brought an enemy in. You had them at the highest echelons of our universities where most of this research takes place. Of course, they're going to steal data and information. Of course, they're going to steal the information on the F-35. Of course, F-35s are going to go missing, and you're going to have to lie and pretend that they crashed in a field with only one witness who didn't actually see the plane but only heard it. Let me tell you something, folks. That plane didn't crash. That plane was stolen They asked you to look for it for a day. Then when they figured out it was stolen and where it went, they told you it crashed so they didn't look like morons. That's what happened with that F-35. And we know as far back as 2013 that there were reports that the entire schematics of the F-35 were stolen. We know that it is the only jet that can eject the pilot without the pilot manually doing the injection based on parameters in the plane. We know that when they update the plane right before tests, they have to do it with a piece of hardware. They actually plug in a drive to update it. And if that drive is compromised, you can update it with bad software that's going to fly the plane somewhere in a stealth way, force eject the pilot, and steal the plane. They stole the F-35. And I could be wrong. I've been wrong before, and I'll be wrong again. Prove to me that that F-35 actually crashed. Do you have any images or any video of any part of that damn plane in that field that they say is where it crashed? All I saw was a bunch of burnt grass when we looked at the drone footage of the area. No plane. And if it crashed because of weather, like they said, then how come it took them a day to find it? Oh, because of its stealth technology? Yeah. Okay, you couldn't find it when it crashed, even though you knew exactly where the pilot ejected? Please, please, that plane was stolen. And this all is part of a greater narrative of all of our interests being constantly sold out by our government, by our military, by our educators. Every system that we have in place in the United States of America is selling out the interests to national security of the American people for the sake of these globalist interests while our politicians are constantly being bribed. And they blame Trump for taking bribes from the Chinese government, which is another reason we know that they're the ones actually taking the bribes because everything they accuse Trump of doing so far, thus far, has been them doing it. They say he was on Epstein's Island with underage girls. No, actually he wasn't. They were. They say that he's accepting bribes from foreign nationals like China or Russia. No, actually he wasn't they were they say that he's colluding with russia no actually he wasn't that was the clinton foundation that was making that up they say that he's spying on the american people no he wasn't that was trump Towergate. they were spying on him every single thing they accuse him of they're actually doing which is why it's so abundantly stupid to vote for anyone other than the guy Because then you're voting for that which they accuse him of. You're voting for evil and corruption and tyranny and dictatorship. They're saying that Trump is going to declare himself dictator. I tell you what, if we've arrived at a position in this country where the president has the ability to declare himself dictator, then the problem has already been manifest. Then we've already lost. Then we already screwed up. Then the executive branch is already way too powerful and has nothing to do with Trump, but everything to do with our corrupt politicians over the course of the last 50 years. So, yeah, we're going to get more reports like this. We're going to see more examples of spies stealing our information, spies that we put in our military even though they're not born here, spies that we put in our universities even though they're not not born here. We're going to see more examples of actual insurrectionists who work for the feds getting off easy on these charges despite the fact that they may or may not have a history of tax fraud. 
and cooking their own books, despite the fact that they may not may or may not have a history of child abuse, despite the fact that they may or may not have a history of hating the Trump administration. We're going to see more and more examples of this while innocent, good, hardworking Americans go to prison for showing up at the Capitol on a day in which an election was going to be certified after many legitimate, reasonable questions about the authenticity and integrity of that election were raised. In the meantime, make sure you go to InfoWarsStore.com be the reason we are still on the air check out the game-changing new year specials from infowars which are here for the rest of the week get up to 60 percent off plus free shipping and double patriot points the new year is upon us it's time to reevaluate your approach to your supplement routine with these infowars essentials in infowarsstore.com in the early 1900s certain companies were off-gassing highly toxic fluoride gases into the atmosphere the surrounding communities began to get sick. Laws were enacted to compel these corporations to install scrubbers to convert these gases into fluorosilicic acid, still highly toxic, but containable. Now these companies had a stockpile of this poison, and there was no affordable way to dispose of it. Lucky for them, one of their major stockholders was also the Secretary of the Treasury, who was responsible for the public health service at the time. And by 1950, the U.S. government began buying this toxic, untreated industrial waste product and dumping it into our drinking water. Reputable studies show that it's causing various cancers and other disease. With the Alexa Pure Pro, you can have clean drinking water and a remedy to this madness. Available now at InfoWarsStore.com. January 2024 is here, and that means up to 60% off at InfoWarsStore.com, free shipping and double Patriot points. This is one of the biggest deals of the year, and it supports the InfoWar. And we're selling out a lot of these products, and it'll be months and months till more are back in stock. Whether it's books, films, t-shirts, you name it, you need to go to InfoWarsStore.com right now and take advantage of this 2024 New Year sale, double Patriot points, free shipping, and so much more. Get a copy of my book, Signed or Unsigned, The Great Awakening, The Plan to Defeat the Globalists, and Launch the Next Great Renaissance. And again, thank you so much for your amazing support in 2023. But 2024, as everybody knows, is the big year. So please support us and get great products at InfoWarsStore.com. And tell everybody you know and those you don't know, tune into the live show at InfoWars.com forward slash show. God bless, and we're going into 2024 together. Listening to the American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. I'm Chase Geyser, your host this morning, filling in for the great Harrison Smith, one of my favorite. Songs we use it in one of the Turbo Force ads. Everyone's a winner, babe. That's the truth. Critic of Vladimir Putin found dead after vowing to shed light on gigantic corruption. See, I said it. I'm not a Putin simp. He kills his critics sometimes. All right, next. (laughs) BuzzFeed's dire problem. In early 2021, BuzzFeed CEO Jonah Peretti had a problem. And I'm not going to read this article because I'm sure that it's hyperbolic. Yeah, look at the paragraphs after paragraphs about the intricacies of their bankruptcy and probably written by ChatGPT. 
New York Mag writes about it. But the reason I want to talk about the story is because similar to Gawker, similar to all the other mainstream corporate media leftist outlets who just take their advice from the establishment, from wokest culture, they're going to go out of business. Because people don't want to read lies. And after you lie time and time again, eventually people do realize the truth. People are sick of the woke thing. I'm sick of reading articles that say I'm inherently racist because I'm white, that say I'm inherently an oppressor because I'm not poor, that say I'm inherently bigoted because I vote for Trump, that say I'm an insurrectionist or a traitor. I'm a traitor. I, I'm sick of reading articles that just lie about me, to me, about the politicians I support or the politicians I don't support, that lie to and about you. And my fellow Americans, my family, my friends, my neighbors. And nobody gives a damn about BuzzFeed or its lists. Top five reasons to go on vacation to Mexico this, this summer. Bill Clinton's going to be there. Gavin Newsom's going to be there with him. Hillary Clinton's going to be there. Jennifer Newsom's going to be there. Ugh. I don't want to read another listicle the rest of my life. I don't want to hear another Tom Petty song. I don't want to hear another Beatles song. And I don't want to read another BuzzFeed article the rest of my life. I like Tom Petty. I like the Beatles. I'm burned out. I'm burned out. I like the listicles. They were cute at first. But they're going out of business and it's because nobody's paying attention to them. Nobody's clicking on them. Nobody's actually buying products that are advertised on their products. People are listening to InfoWars on X alone. 500,000 people a day tuned in the broadcast. Just X. Just on X. We've been on air for 30 years. We were doing great even before we got back on X. Yesterday, ran a broadcast for nine hours. I looked at the numbers, 500,000 people tuned in, half a million. Numbers that the BuzzFeeds and the CNNs would just love to see, but unfortunately, it's not working out for them because their money was based on a scam, on a lie, and people are sick of it. Just like people are sick of Joe Biden, which is why Barack Obama is now getting involved in the 2024 race. I can't think of an example of a former president of the United States after two years in office who has been so regularly involved stumping for new candidates. I mean, it's sort of been like an unwritten rule, right? That once you do your two terms as president of the United States, maybe every once in a while you do a speech, maybe you write books, maybe every once in a while you appear on a panel, but you just don't campaign. You're done. You're supposed to retire. You're supposed to bow out gracefully at that point. Right? I mean, is there another example of a former president of the United States that you can think of? Like I said, we'll be taking calls, 877-789-2539. Is there an example of another president you can think who just campaigned incessantly after two terms for a candidate of their party. They don't do it. It's, it's just bad form to do it. It's not gracious. But they're so desperate that they begged him to come out and he's agreed to do it because he realizes their, des- their desperation is well-founded. I want to plug the number right now because I want you to call in. The sooner you call in, the more likely I can get to you before the end of the show. Call in 877-789-2539. Again, that's 877 Two five three nine. Going on with this report, Barack Obama fears close 2024 race with Trump tries to move the needle for Biden. Closest confidence say the people closest to Barack Obama are expressing increasing alarm about 2024. At the same time, President Joe Biden's campaign looks to quell worrisome voices within the Democratic Party. Former Attorney General Eric Holder, a close friend who is often considered Obama's political alter ego. Remember what Eric Holder did? Not only 
Was he engaged, I believe, in Operation Fast and Furious, in which we armed the cartel? But I also know that he was involved in the disproportionate auditing of conservative organizations and individuals. He told USA Today Monday that there would be incalculable damage to the country if former President Donald Trump wins the November election. Well, at least he's admitting that Democrats are incapable of calculation. Asked if Obama shares that view, Holder replied, absolutely, I don't think it's a question about that. Okay, yeah, they hate Trump, we know that. I think that's what motivates him. I think that's what will continue to motivate him, Holder said. The former president's wife, Michelle, revealed she's terrified. We saw that clip. Trump is leading Biden in multiple surveys, including a January 3rd USA Today Suffolk University poll. That survey finds Biden narrowly trailing Trump, the likely Republican nominee, 39% to 37%, with 17% supporting an unnamed third-party candidate. RFK. RFK could lose this election for Donald Trump. I don't trust him. I got invited to a fundraiser for RFK on the 22nd in Los Angeles. And thank God my daughter's birthday party is the day before because I do not want to go to an RFK fundraiser in Los Angeles. You mean you want me to go to an event for the guy I don't like in my least favorite city in the country? No, I'd rather be at work here at the command center at InfoWars making promos, doing the best I can for this InfoWar. I don't have time to go and sit and eat a meal and shake hands and get a photograph with a sex addict. I don't have time. I just take a selfie. If I want a picture with a sex addict. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (sighs) Meanwhile, I don't recall Fauci unable to answer key questions in pandemic probe. On the first day of a two-day closed-door interview before the U.S. House of Representatives Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic Monday, Dr. Anthony Fauci, former director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, NIAID, frequently evaded questions about gain-of-function research and the government's handling of the COVID-19 pandemic. He's been lying to committees and panels and to the American people for decades. Don't even get me started on the fact that he knew that the blood products and the blood transfusions in the 80s were spreading hepatitis and HIV, which leads, of course, to AIDS and kills people. He knew four years and they kept doing it. The drug companies kept doing it. He did nothing about it. Thousands upon thousands of Americans died. How is it that he was able to still hold any sort of credibility or office after all of those deaths? Based on information he knew, I looked into it. It was hard to find. I dug deep and I figured out what conferences he was at in the 80s and whether the topic came up of HIV and hepatitis in blood products. And it did and he was. And he was in a position of some leadership to do something about it. These pharmaceutical companies still sold the contaminated product for years. And then when it was finally made illegal for them to sell the contaminated products in the United States, they took their remaining stock, their remaining inventory, and they sold them to third world countries. Knowing that, okay, well, if we can't sell the AIDS product here, we can sell it overseas. But we trust them with vaccinating our kids with experimental drugs. No problem. We trust them with just injecting the entire population with these drugs. We trust them when they say that ivermectin doesn't work because it's cheap. Not because it's a horse medication, but because it's cheap. It's, the reason it didn't work is because they couldn't make any money off of it, you realize, right? That, that, that's the main reason that ivermectin is just ineffective. It's just because it's not profitable, according to them. And there he is, that small man getting his medals put on him, I swear. 
I hope I never get a medal put on me by a president of the United States because that's how you know you suck. <laughs> Especially a neocon like George Bush. You gotta be careful about the awards you accept. Now, we are coming up on a break here in about a minute and a half. I do want to remind you to call in because I'm going to take your calls throughout the entire third hour today. 877-789-2539. I want to hear about what you what you have to say about anything. It's open lines. Talk about what we covered today. Anything else that comes to mind? Conspiracy theories, random stuff, whatever. I just want to talk. I want to hear from the audience today. I want a little love back from the audience at 877-789-2539. And in the meantime, make sure you open up a tab while this broadcast is streaming and visit InfoWarsStore.com. For game-changing New Year's specials from InfoWars, which are here, get up to 60% off, plus free shipping and double Patriot points. The New Year is upon us. It's time to reevaluate your approach to your supplement routine with these InfoWars essentials. Our powerhouse formulas are up to 60% off, folks. And the savings don't stop there. We're giving you free shipping storewide and double Patriot points on all purchases. Shop now to get massive savings on all these incredible products, including 40% off Winter Sun Plus, which is very popular and very effective, very important this time of year. 25% off Turbo Force Plus, my personal favorite. It will light you up like a Christmas tree. 40% off Ultra 12, another great product. I love the way it tastes and the way it makes me feel. I noticed after a few days that I started to have more energy and feel better after taking Ultra 12. And finally, my favorite, 60% off BrainForce Plus and BrainForce Ultra. This one, you can feel the effects of within 30 minutes. It's a noticeable difference. It's one of the reasons why it's one of my favorite products. You can just feel it right away. Check it out at InfoWarsStore.com right now today. I'm not on Team NFL. I'm not on Team NBA. I'm not on Team Olympics. I'm not on Team Globalist or Wokeism in the New World Order. I'm on Team Humanity, ladies and gentlemen, that loves God and loves our families and loves humanity and knows that we're destined to do even more incredible things than we've already done together. And so, inspired by my conversation with Elon Musk recently, where he agreed with my idea to call it Team Humanity, we've launched two limited edition t-shirts at InfoWarsStore.com. Let people know that, hey, it isn't about the football games or it isn't even about the UFC. It's about Team Humanity being under globalist attack. You can wear it. It's a great conversation starter. And you know it's supporting the InfoWar that is at the very tip of the spear in the fight for Team Humanity. Get your limited edition Team Humanity t-shirts right now at InfoWarsStore.com. And I thank you. 